Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fandom Talk. And today we've got a new episode of Fandom Shark Tank coming at you, where um, each of us uh, take some time to pitch ideas we have for um, kind of our our dream projects uh, that we would uh, like to do um, if given the opportunity to. Um, how how Fandom Shark Tank works is each of us has a night where we pitch. Three ideas for um, uh, for projects for pre-existing properties. Um, we pitch um, a video game idea, a film idea, and then a third idea, which can be anything, uh, anything at all, and I mean anything. Um, and then we each kind of take turns, just kind of asking questions, talking about it, and it's just a great opportunity to talk about our favorite stuff. Um, tonight, as always, I've got my compadres from the Phantom Correspondence. I've got Jacob Vance McCarty. And Joshua YSH. How's it going, fellas? Hey. What's up, guys? Um, and tonight, uh, we also have our other fandom correspondent who will be leading the discussion and pitching her ideas to us tonight. Raven, also known as Jenny. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? All right. Um, so let's get to the shark tank folks um jenny what's your first idea for us what's your first pitch well my first pitch um i'm doing this one first because i feel like it'll be the um, least popular at least among my uh correspondents um is a uh, ben solo series um it could be either a series or a film um and i know josh is just gonna have so many things to say about this but uh <laughs> Anyway. Why me? <laughs> because anyway, I will talk about that in a minute. But um, so I think it'd be cool as a film or a Disney Plus uh, series. Um, and I would love for them to explore um, more of Ben Solo, um, his past, like his upbringing with like Luke, um, or well, his training with Luke. Um, and uh, I think it'd just be really cool to see Luke and uh, Leia and Han, as they like, you know, have to deal with Ben. And um, I just think he's a very interesting character that was robbed. Uh, I don't feel like the Star Wars franchise did him justice. And so I would like to see more of him. Um, so I would love for the series or the or the movie to start like where um, basically you see Ben as he's like holding Ray's lifeless body. And um, it like he goes into like a flashback and that's like how it starts. So um, mm -hmm. he's like, uh, you know, he starts thinking about like his training with like Luke and stuff. And then it just kind of goes from there. Um, this is the incomplete idea though, because uh, I'm not really sure where to take it after that. It's just like something I want them to do. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so that's, that's pretty much that. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I I have some questions. First off, let me preface the discussion real quick. Um, we will we will all do our best to 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 talk about this pitch because I love the idea. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna speak for everybody. We're gonna try our best to talk about this and not have it um, devolve into a discussion about Rise of Skywalker. Just gonna yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. 
Yeah. Everybody try your best. (laughs) The only reason I even brought up the scene in Rise of Skywalker um, is because, you know, that is kind of the introduction uh, that we saw of Ben Solo. So that was the first, like, you know, because up until then you just saw Kylo. And so then that's the reason, like, I started there. But anyway, I just wanted to say that. I got you. I got you. Um, Yeah. um, I will hold my uh, comments um, and questions for last because I feel like they'll be similar um, um, to Jacob and Josh's. Um, Josh, let's start with you. What kind of ideas you having about uh, Jitty's pitch? <laughs> um, so, so me, so, all right. So, to let you in on some uh, backstage, uh, let you behind the curtain <laughs> of the fan of correspondence a little bit. Uh, Raven and myself on several occasions, actually not on several occasions, on several occasions I have kind of very carefully broached <laughs> the topic that Kylo Ren might perhaps be better as just a straight villain. And mm-hmm. like I will tiptoe into that room of <laughs> conversation and immediately get thrown out of it by Jenny. Um, so a lot of my, a lot of my questions, and, and I think it's a little unfair, um, because Jenny, uh, it's funny, Jenny said hers will be the shortest, but she's the only person that has brought up a, a concept that we've done that would be, I would say, controversial to any of us, because we all have different concepts for what this character should be. Now, what I will say, though, um, is that... One of the reasons we have different concepts of what this character should be is that for whatever reason, uh, and, and I'm trying to follow Al's uh, suggestion as much as possible, <laughs> but for whatever reason, this character has been brutalized uh, um, in a lot of ways because he's just, he, he, he's, he's one of the few characters that has had, and in my opinion, in any form that's had that much screen time that no one can agree upon. You know, I mean, if, if you if you look at like, you know, if you look at like Han Solo or even like, you know, Darth Vader or Luke or anybody, everybody has an agreement on like what those characters are. No one really knows what Kylo Ren is uh, or what Ben Solo is or, or, or whatever. And so 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 what I will say, Jenny, is that I think your idea is a very good one. I will say there is a Marvel comic right now. Called the rise, yes, the rise, is it the rise of Kylo Ren. Yes, and it's really weird. Um, I mean, without spoiling anything, they really try to walk back um, a lot of the evil things they supposedly did. Um, you know, they 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 walk back um, a lot of the, uh, um, you know, the the destruction of the temple and all that stuff. They walk a lot of it back. Um, and I think it's because they, they really want to make this character into a good guy, which is fine, um, but we just really didn't get a whole lot of that. Um, so my question then to you, Jenny, would be like, you know, like what, you know, what elements would you explore? Would you just explore the past or, you know, because I, I think you had mentioned before there's, you know, there's this idea that he gets sucked into the... Uh, was it Force Purgatory or whatever, you know? Uh, well, what is it called? That would, be, that would probably be um, in the future films because, yeah, there's a theory that um, when he, you know, spoiler alert or whatever, but when he, um, 
when he gives his life for Ray, <laughs> that he doesn't actually die. He goes into the world between worlds. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool to explore too. But uh, I'm really interested in like why he became Kylo Ren with the, you know, like yeah, you kind of look and see like you know him and Luke and all that and stuff. But like you know the layers um, aside from that, such as like you know, there's also a theory that like um, like Palpatine manipulated him like while he was in the womb um and that like he was constantly conflicted through like his entire childhood like <clears throat> he wanted to be like his dad and then like but he kept like pulling and pulling a or uh, feeling a pull to the dark side and all that so i'd like to explore all that i think that'd be interesting i i i, uh, I support you I in everything you. but just know that like one of the things that i cannot support you in is throwing palpatine into this stuff again anymore like at no, all but like, it's just like no, like I just I, I I can't do it. Like I mean the the we, we gotta we gotta let the the old guy die at some point. Well, right, but this is like before all that. Like this is like you know, so. Um. What What would be your uh, what you said film? I mean, what would be your medium? Um, I like the Disney Plus idea uh, more than a film, but um, I mean, yeah, oh I would, God, hey. yeah, I think that would work better. I know that it was kind of like kind of against um, our uh, our um, rules or whatever, but I think it'd work better as a Disney Plus film or a Disney Plus show. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no, I don't think it's against any rules. Well, I mean, I, but I, I I agree. I think I think telling something like that uh, works better. I think in a in a TV in a TV uh, from a TV standpoint, particularly seeing the Mandalorian, you know what you can do, um, you know with long form storytelling in Star Wars. Um, so I, no, I'd agree with it. I think I think that's the I think that's a good idea. All right. Um. Jacob, how about you? What kind of kind of questions you got for Miss Jenny? Well, um, okay, so so we're we're we're, we're basically going off, going off the assumption, you know, that is is the point of this to get Ben Solo back at the end of it. Like I, I understand that maybe like the first season or so would be kind of the, you know, it the starts it starts when he's holding Ray's body, you know, and then yeah. you get the back. So like at the like say. So like would season one's finale? I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, you're cutting out really bad, but go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. So my 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 question is like, would season one's finale be something kind of, kind of like where like it switches and he's. The reason he's actually flashing back is because he's about to die, and so it, the and so like the rest of it would be Ray trying to get him back or so, or something similar to that. Would that be kind of something similar yeah. that maybe we would do in like maybe like a season yeah. two or a sequel or something like that? Right. So like I have like a strong uh, beginning in my head that like the ending, and so basically yeah, it'd be you'd flash back um, after you kind of tell the story of like right before he like gets to the dark side, and you flash back and he like passes out. And um, he wakes up in a world, the world between worlds. And then then that's the cliffhanger for <clears throat> season one. Um, and then I have no idea where to go with it after that. But 
Um, I think it'd be cool to also explore that later. It's like, because that's like some Star Wars lore that isn't, I feel like it's talked about, but it's not, you know, really in like the, you know, the, uh, you know, as popular as, it's not a popular Star Wars lore, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. It's, um, one thing that I will definitely agree with Josh on is, as I do, I, I, I want Palpatine to be done. Um, I mean, of course, we, the, once again, at the risk of just turning this into a Rise of Skywalker conversation, um, I, I think that removing Palpatine um, from the, you know, the manipulation side makes him a stronger character. Um, yeah, no, in both I mean, Rise I, of Skywalker I, and in your pitch. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but I kind of, I kind of like the idea that he kind of became more like, basically, kind of like fed up with the way that Luke, that Luke was kind of going. Um, I'm not sure exactly how you could, how you could do that to where you could. Um, I'm not exactly sure, you know, how you can kind of get that setup going, or exactly know where the conflict would begin. But I think it would be somewhere in there. Um, I know, of course, like the comic itself, kind of once again without giving too many spoilers away, uh, the Knights of Ren are kind of a an older group, um, you know, and so I kind of like the idea that maybe they were the ones that he kind of got in with instead of just like another Sith Lord or with you know Snoke or Palpatine or anything. Um, because I, I think the Knights of Ren are personally kind of underused, and I think that'd be kind of a cool thing to kind of see more of their background as well. Um, yeah, yeah, and I then at that, that point, you have very easy antagonists right there throughout your series. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, you win it in season two because uh, he absolutely destroys them all in Rise of Skywalker. Um, but, you know, but I mean, I, I, I like the idea of it. I, I'm Look, you, I can't remember who exactly mentioned it, but they said, you know, being able to see the merits of a Star Wars show with the Mandalorian. Um, I think that doing a, doing a series from Skywalker Saga um, style would actually be an interesting thing to see on Disney Plus, especially if the movies are going to try to take a kind of a break from the Skywalkers and kind of go into like the backstories of you know other characters throughout the galaxy so i think i think it'd be kind of interesting to see a series on that um but i think i mean of course the 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 biggest thing is also what is what what do the powers that be at you know lucasfilm and or disney want to do you know do they want to go full into the backpedaling of uh, ben solo and have have a resurrection story you know um, I think that'd be a cool thing, but you know, it really kind of depends on what they ultimately decide to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, I like the idea a lot. Um, when I was watching, every time I think about the <laughs> sequel trilogy, um, I always think um, in terms of the characters, like. One of the main things I liked about the dynamic between Rey and Kylo, um, especially in um, Episode 8, The Last Jedi, was that um, as a viewer, I I wanted very opposite things from these characters. Like with Rey, I wanted, I was fully in the camp of like, 
let her parents not be anybody important. Yeah. Be just a brand new generation of Jedi. Let her be her own thing. The less I know about her, the better. Whereas with Kylo throughout the films, I was always left with the feeling of just like, I want to learn more about him. I want to learn more about his history with the Knights of Ren. I want to learn more about his training. I want to learn more about his upbringing and like why his relationship with his parents is so strained. Like I want, I want to learn a lot more about Kylo. So I think that would be a really good um, series. And I think a lot of people would be interested in it because I feel like, I don't, I feel like, I feel like even the people who did not enjoy his character or disliked his character, I think even they wanted to, I think yeah. he was a character who had so many interesting properties about him that even the people who were just like, oh, Kylo wasn't very interesting, still had a piece of them that wanted to know more about him and wanted to see what his past was like. Um, so my question to you, if I can figure out how to phrase this as a question, is, um, is like, how would... How would Ben or Kylo's role in the season change and progress over time? Uh, because I agree, I think this would work better as as a series and as a film, um, and that's fine. The rules, the rules I have in place for this thing are very soft and pliable. Um, <laughs> So if you were to do a s series about him covering his training, covering his his falling out with Luke, covering his adoption of the dark side and things like that, um, I would be interested to hear how, in your vision for this project, how his role would change and how the audience's interpretation of him would change. Because, like, I would imagine early on he'd be a character that would be very sympathetic, someone very um, relatable. Um, then possibly as the series went on, as he embraces the dark side a bit more, does that change any? Do people start to see the dark side in him more? Does he become more of an antagonist? Or or what's kind of your vision for, for the role that he plays? Oh yeah, for sure. So um, I think the first few episodes would be like, I mean, I'm, I'm like thinking like from like a toddler to like, you know, his teenage uh, years is where I would like to explore, you know, not spend like a whole lot of time on each um, area, but like, you know, I'd love for us to see like his interactions with like Chewie and like, you know, Han like teach him how to fly, you know, all that stuff, like all the good that like made him, you know, that was able to ultimately pull him back to the light side. Um, I'd like to see all that. And then of course the middle part where, you know, he does start being seduced by the dark side. Um, and I'd really like to see like, you know, cause I do think he struggled with it uh, in my head. I think he did, um, you know, cause even like in the last Jedi, Luke talks about how, um, or well, Ray says, you know, your mistake was that, you know, thinking he had already turned, you know, there was still good in him. Um, so like, it'd be gradual and you'd see him struggle, but um, obviously, ultimately, you know, he does turn to Kylo Ren, <clears throat> but we won't, we wouldn't really focus so much on that, like, 
you'd probably see the full Calvin like at like the last episode, and then you know it would cut to him passing out. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thought on it. Anyway, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it does. I think it'd be interesting, um, especially if you plan on ending it that way. I think there'd be some cool parallels you could even make to um, um, to the journey we see Anakin take in um, the prequels. Um, obviously, the quality of the prequels is questionable at times, but the idea of seeing this very well-known character and seeing what his development was like and seeing what his journey was like and then ending it with the introduction of like how he's known at that point in time and stuff. I think that'd be cool. I think you could yeah. draw a lot of very interesting parallels with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm on board. Like I said, I want to, <laughs> um, ever since I watched Force Awakens, I was just like, I want to know more about what's going on with Kylo. I want to know. Yeah. Super intriguing. Super intriguing. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very nice, yeah. All right, so that's your first project. Um, what you got for us for a second pitch, Jimmy? Um, so my second, um, I'm doing the video game. Uh, so my video game idea um, is I think it would be really cool to have a um, Zelda-led uh, Legend of Zelda game, basically. Um, I mm. think she is... Um, she's very... Zelda to me has always been interesting because I feel like she's very um, ahead of her time. Um, I don't know how much you all know about uh, Legend of Zelda, but um, so Zelda's, you know, obviously the, you know, the princess, but she's never like, even when she's in like the damsel in distress, quote unquote, she's never really like in distress. Like, you know, you see her like she's chic when she's like um, incognito trying to hide from Ganon. Uh, And, you know, she's constantly like, she kind of has to uh, lead Link in a lot of the games because um, he's kind of a ditz at times. And I love Link, but he's very ditzy. And so she has to be like, hey, you know, uh, this sword is going to do this. And he's like, whoa, like, you know, it's just very interesting to see that, you know, this franchise that's 30 years old um, have, you know, a video game character, you know, that was supposed to be a damsel in distress that kind of like, you know, obviously is the backbone, but like, you know, I just feel like uh, there's a lot of uh, potential to make her, you know, to go more in depth into, like, her character in the game and stuff. So um, I think it'd be cool to see, like, because she's the one that studies, like, the Triforce and everything. She's the one that, like, tells all that to Link. Um, and the reason, like, he knows, like, the evils that, you know, they want the power uh, part of the Triforce and everything. And um, so I think it'd be really cool to do uh something like that you would uh start with her as a kid you'd see her like talking with um the king of hyrule uh her dad obviously um him like teaching her like you know about the hero of time and stuff like that um and she had to go on like quests to find you know certain like you know the ocarina and you know um but again that's this is another project that can go in a lot of different ways because there's so much uh there's a lot to Legend of Zelda. It's very <laughs> intricate. Like that would be an entirely, that could be like a three-hour podcast in and of itself. But um, yeah, I, I think that's that would just be really cool to uh, see her be the the person that you're playing as, and her like you know just learning all of 
all the ins and outs of you know the triforce and so i think that'd be really cool um so yeah that's that's what i got for that all right nice um i'm gonna take the first question on this one actually um um so you said just now like obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of Legend of Zelda stuff, just kind of in general. Um, and like, I'm out of all four of us on the podcast right now, I am definitely the person who has logged on the least amount of hours on Legend of Zelda games, um, just because I've never had like Nintendo consoles or anything. But um, but that being said, what kind of timeline? slash game influence are you thinking for this game are you thinking more in the style of like and like the style of the story of wind waker or like ocarina of time or what kind of um, timeline are you thinking for this um i think definitely ocarina um i think because that's kind of when Sheik is the most uh prominent in the series i feel like and it'd be cool to see like from her perspective um like her, you know, telling Link, like, hey, go to the forest and help this girl. And hey, you know, she's like, you know, again, like I said, like leading him. Um, and so, yeah, I'd really like to do it in that in that timeline. Um, and of course, that's that timeline is it, all the games. If you've played any, you know that like, you know, the timelines, you know, jump constantly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, Ocarina of Time is definitely the area I'm thinking. All right, very nice. Um, Joshua, how about you? What kind of questions you got, bud? Yeah, um, so no, I think it's a great idea, of course. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why we've got like two Princess Peach games before we've gotten a Zelda like a Zelda led game, which is kind of weird Dude, to me. I know. Uh, oh my god, don't even get me started. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, like, <laughs> I, but I mean, I don't have anything against Prince, I really like Princess Peach, uh, but like it, what I'm saying is it's interesting to me because. Uh, there seemed to have been a conscious, uh, a conscious inversion between Zelda and Princess Peach in the sense that Princess Peach is basically a MacGuffin. I mean, she's the she's the person at the end you're trying to get to in basically every game except maybe Sunshine. Um, and then Zelda is the one that kind of leads you to the MacGuffin or leads you to the point, you know, she's very much involved in the story, um, you know, as a, as a character with faculty, uh, as opposed to Princess Peach, who just kind of gets kidnapped, you know, all the time. And so it's kind of weird that, like, this is not an idea that hasn't been proposed before, really, because uh, particularly considering how popular she is in, like, Smash Brothers, you know, I mean, to the point where they had to switch, uh, they had to break her character in two, you know, one Zelda character, one Sheik character, um, so no, I think it's a I think it's a great idea. I think you know, to me, one of the things that, that I think you could do with that um, that would be interesting is explore um, the reincarnation concept that Zelda has going on. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because there there does seem to be this this idea, and I, reincarnation might not be the right word. It almost seems like it's just a, a series of events that keeps happening over and over again. Uh, but there does seem to be this almost idea where uh, through the games, it seems like Ganondorf has knowledge of no uh, timeline everything. So what? Well, I'm sorry. What would you say? He has knowledge, and what else? 
Well, I, I, I think, I think it, it seems like he almost has knowledge of what's happened before. And so it, it, it kind of seems like why his, his, his plans seem to evolve depending on where he's at, you know? Um, and so it seems like he has, he has knowledge of things that have happened before, whereas Link, every single time, has no concept to the point where Breath of the Wild is really him waking up from a coma and just, you know, in his <laughs> underwear. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so, like... And so, like your your intermediary there, you know, if you're gonna, you know, there is Zelda, and it'd be interesting to see, like, you know, can you talk about her, you know, knowing about the Triforce and knowing all the stuff? I have to tell Link about it. I think the interesting thing to me would be, you know, or at least part of the interesting thing to me would be how much does she know about everything else that's happened? So, for example, you know, like Skyward Sword is chronologically the the first one, right? So Skyward Sword is chronologically the first one, you know, and if you're, if you're, your character's taking place sometime around uh, the Ocarina of Time stuff, um, you know, like, does she know about Skyward Sword? Does she know about, you know, Majora? Does she know about stuff like that that has happened in the other timelines? I think that'd be interesting to explore because it's one thing that, that Zelda has never, the Legend of Zelda has never really explored. is like how these timelines actually link uh, pun intended there, but like how, how do these timelines Ew. actually, you know, uh, you know, like link up. Um, and so I, I think that'd be interesting, you know, and, and, and if you did it right, you could actually deal with a lot of the, you know, timeline, uh, inconsistencies, quote unquote, that people have, uh, written thousands upon thousands of words on. Um, but no, I think it's a, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I am like uh, so like Al asked like where like where it would be in the timeline like how do you envision the the gameplay going because you know Zelda would probably have to handle completely differently than Link of course so like right. what, like what would she do like it would be like a more you know I'd probably be more like a magic based game then yeah definitely more magic based um, well and then you know she's kind of like a ninja when she becomes Sheik um so there's that as well um and then it'd be um very open world very like um it'd be like the timeline of ocarina but kind of like breath of the wild um as far as like the you know the scene is and how like you know you'd be able to explore different things like that um so yeah okay cool yeah no i i, I think it's a great idea yeah i mean it's one of those that uh, I'm, uh, I don't understand why it hasn't been attempted before. All right. Um, all righty. Um, Jacob, the Shark Lord himself, what do you got? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I will... I will, I will readily admit you guys kind of took my questions, but that's okay. That, you know, because that's, that's the whole point is we wanted to just more so talk about it. Um, because my immediate, first and foremost, Jenny, I mean, it's, it's a brilliant idea. Um, especially, you know, for, for anyone who is listening that has not beat Breath of the Wild or, or, or played a whole lot of, t- or put a whole lot of time into it, um, Zelda does take a much more proactive role in that game as opposed to some of the some of the ones even in the past, like even more so than usual. Um, and there are it, it's the first it's the first game that has like fully like voice cutscenes and everything. Um, 
And arguably one of my favorite parts of the game, and really the only issue I kind of have with the game, is that they're technically side quests. Um, but throughout the game, you can go and find these. Um, they're basically flashbacks of what happened to Hyrule before Link, as Josh already said, went into a coma um, following a battle with Ganon. Um, and these flashbacks that... Um, you see, you really see Zelda kind of come into her own as a character. Um, one of the better ones is when she's praying at the at this altar, and her entire prayer is about the safety of Hyrule, you know, and not knowing if she's going to have the abilities to be able to stop Ganon. And things like that are really what kind of separate um, separate the two characters, in my opinion. You know, Link, although he is very ditzy, you know. Um, He's also very headstrong, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. He he's he's the he's courageous. He's courage. That's the whole. Well, yeah, the he's whole point. A hero. Yeah. Know? Yes, yes, and, and and I I have no issues with that. But then of course you contrast that with Zelda, who Triforce of Wisdom. You know, she's a bit more reserved because she wonders if she's actually going to be able to do these things. You know, um, but of course naturally, you know. Then she start. Then she's like, "No, man, I got, I got, I got, I got fire powers. I got, I got, I got ice and water powers. I mean, no, nah, I, I ain't, ain't nothing gonna stop me, you know." Um, and you know, so I mean, so I absolutely think that this would be a perfect time for a Zelda-led game. Um, Josh had already asked a little bit about the gameplay style um, with if Zelda would be more magic-based and if she could have, you know, like ninja abilities. Would would you be able to like change between them? Would there be like second, like if, or would it be more so like you know in the daytime you're playing a Zelda, nighttime you're playing a Sheik or something like that? Would there be that kind of system going on with it, or how how exactly would that play style kind of kind of take place? Um, I think in the the first part of the game you would just play a Zelda, of course. Um, when uh she um when Sheik comes into development. Um, I would say you'd probably be able to uh, switch between the two Um, because I mean, that is, you know, what Zelda does. Um, Mm. That's, that's kind of my idea for it. But obviously like the first, you know, part of the game would be like laying down the groundwork for that. So. So kind of would the feels like she needs to be chic, you know? So like you'd, you'd learn about Mm. all that. Okay. Um, you know, actually, um, my I mean, my, my next question was, um, you know, is this basically just kind of a, like, reverse Ocarina of Time? Like, this is like, you're literally just playing a Zelda the entire thing. You're doing all the, Zelda, all the Zelda stuff from Ocarina. But the thing is, is like, you could do so much with that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because because then because as I was talking about, or as we were talking about, it, my my thought was like, well, but that's kind of, you know, would the fans really like that as much? You know, if it's just a rehash of of the older game and everything. But then I started kind of thinking about it, and I was like, you know, but the thing is, you have seven years in that game, where Zelda goes from this young princess to being the leader of Hyrule and being a ninja, like mm-hmm. I mean, and and knowing full well everything. You know about Ganon, about the about the six sages, about the Triforce. You know, so I mean, like, honestly, if like the first like couple of hours are just you know Zelda when she's younger and leading young Link, and then he takes the sword 
And then the rest of the game is just basically, you know, dealing with Ganon taking over, uh, you know, studying studying with Impa to become a, a Sheikah warrior, you know, studying the history of the Legend of Zelda, which is where you could get into those backstories, all leading up to basically the climatic fight, only instead of playing as Link, you're playing as Zelda with the bow and everything. Um, that would be... That would actually be really, really interesting. Would, is, that, is that kind of the style that you were kind of kind of thinking of going? Yes, 100%. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I... I, I mean, I, I was... You you said, you said, what if we had a Zelda Legend of, Legend of Zelda game? No, of course, I was already in. But, yeah, no, definitely. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Um, again, I love the idea. Um, I think it's awesome. Um, I almost think, thinking a bit more about it, especially if you go the route of Zelda as kind of the as kind of the person who researches a lot of the history, a lot of um, the alternate timelines and things like that. If you go that route, I almost think, and um, and I'm. F- Falling into a a gaming trope that I make fun of all the time, but um, you can almost go into a Dark Souls style <laughs> um, presentation mm. with the lore, in that um, just kind of as you're playing through the game and visiting different areas and things like that. Um, you can have really, really rich, detailed lore that is there, like, attached to different items and attached to, like, a couple of different codex entries and essentially have the approach of, like, you can get as lost and invested in the lore as you want to. It's there for you to jump into if that is your whim. But also for people who aren't as into that, people who don't... Um, do very many attempts at understanding all the timelines. Um, you can just play through the game. I think that could be a, a really good aspect of it as well. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, uh, quick, Al. So, would you call this the uh, Dark Souls of Legend of Zelda? <laughs> no, because I'm everybody. Curious. I'm sorry. No, because everybody already gave that title to Breath of the Wild. Mm. <laughs> too, too, too true. Too true. Which yes. is absurd because those two games don't have hardly anything in common. Um, <laughs> not so, at all. <laughs> not, not at all, really. Um, and also, just a fun um, little trivia fact here. Um, for all intents and purposes, uh, Jenny, if your game were to be made and take off, it would be the first um, recent um, game to Star Zelda. But um, in the... Let me check my resources here. In the um, early 90s, we have have forgotten that there was... You can't do the CDI stuff. It doesn't count. It's not canon. that That there was both Zelda, Wand of Gamelon... Oh, oh god! No, no! Oh no! The CDI stuff doesn't count. 
Al. Seriously, it literally does not count. Okay. Oh my God, what is no. happening right okay. now? I'm saying, <laughs> Jenny, Jenny, I'm protecting your idea. You were the first person to come up with a Zelda. Yep. Spinoff yeah. game. There was never another. <laughs> don't don't listen to Al's uh, her, her heresy here. Okay. You cannot. You cannot. I'm, tell I'm, I'm gonna edit this post. You cannot. <laughs> You cannot tell me. No, I want you to leave this in. You cannot tell me. <laughs> this is my podcast, damn it. You cannot tell me <laughs> that with all the different timelines floating around out there for Legend of Zelda, there is not a CDI established timeline that's that's just kind of its own thing, just kind of tucked into I the... I can tell you that, actually, because CDI should, shouldn't have existed. It's, it's, a, it's a bane of video game history. Jenny, you remember this stuff. We used to have the we take the uh, they had the weird cartoon uh, cutscenes on G four. You, know, you know, we're like, I Link. can't wait to bash some Dodongos. That one, exactly. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, man, that was yeah. I mean, step step one of how to fail. Link speaks. I mean, that's oh you know, god, oh mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, no ma'am, no ma'am. Yeah, ma no, ma yeah. Um, for um. For anyone who doesn't know a lot about the Phillips CDI. Um, You're let me welcome. Just kind of give you just a quick example of the kind of quality we're talking about. Um, Zelda's Adventure, which was the follow-up game to Zelda Wand of Gamelon, was produced and released seven months after the last game. Oh, yeah. So that's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty quick turnaround. I bet you that was a high-quality product they made right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pretty quick turnaround. That's like, if you that's there is an there's an angry video game nerd. I'm sorry. So that's almost as fast as Call as Call of Duty. <laughs> it heyo. Um, there's an angry video game nerd video featuring the CDI Zelda, Legend of Zelda games. Um, if you get a chance to watch it and you're okay with the kind of foul language that the angry video game nerd has, that we kind of typically try to avoid on this on this podcast um they are hilarious to watch um because they are just genuinely just awful games um but uh but yeah so 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 no i although i am going to leave this in the podcast i do stand with josh uh canonically this is this is the first uh zelda led uh Legend of zelda game and and all thanks to uh to to our sister uh for, for coming up with it. So yeah, we're we're gonna leave it on that. <laughs> Alrighty, all this brings us to our last project from Raven. Uh, this project can be anything in the world. It can be um, a second video game, a second TV series or film, or it can be something else entirely. Um, so Jenny, what you got for us? Well, um, so this idea, it kind of already has been done, um, but I kind of have like a different twist on it. Um, and it kind of was an idea born out of annoyance. So I'll give you a little bit of backstory. Um, so growing up, like I was always, um, you know, into like fandom stuff, like, you know, from the time I like I knew what Star Wars was before I knew basically anything else. Like that's just, you know, the way, you know, our family was. And um and since I was homeschooled, I didn't really understand that some people 
found this uh, to be not cool or whatever. And I feel like that has changed over time. But anyway, so I remember being in middle school and I, you know, I didn't care what anybody thought of me and I still don't. But um, I would try to tell somebody about, you know, Legend of Zelda or something. And like the girls my age, like completely blew me off, made me feel dumb. That I wasn't talking about boys or something. And, but then, so flash forward to 2016 and I run into like those same girls playing like Pokemon Go and stuff. So it made me wonder, you know, if we had, I was trying to figure out like why people are, why it does seem cool to some people to like make people feel inferior for fandoms. Like, so my idea again this has kind of already been done but it's a little different is um basically like an all-inclusive uh fashion line um for fandom but it's not like your typical fandom fashion so it wouldn't be like you know you know um like a big old like t-shirt with like you know a comic book on you know like it'd be like you know a nice blouse with like you know um like a, a black widow design of some semblance, but it's not like loud or anything. It's very like subtle, but you can still see like, you know, what you like like on it. Does that make sense? Like, um, and then like, so I'd like to do stuff like that. And then also like with um, makeup and like uh, basically um, um, like jewelry, uh, plus sizes, kids, teenagers, all that stuff. Um, men's plus sizes. I feel like that doesn't get done enough. Um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I like nice shirts for men that, you know, are nerdy, but like fashionable, you know. Um, so am I kind of getting my point across? I feel like I'm not being super articulate, but um, basically stuff that is trendy, but it doesn't make somebody feel like, you know, they're being nerdy, like they'd be accepted wearing it, you know, if somebody didn't feel like they could be. Does that make sense? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. But again, like I said, like this, this is kind of already being done a lot. Um, I just feel like there's more growth opportunities for it. Like I said, especially like for men, I feel like if, if men want to express themselves via fashion, it has to be like, you know, a, a shirt that, you know, isn't necessarily like office acceptable or something like that. Like I want, I I don't want adults to feel like they have to stop, you know, liking these things, you know, after they, you know, have a desk job or something, you know, I want people to still be able to um, express themselves with things that make them them. I think that's important. So that's kind of what this line would be about. Okay. I got you. Heck yeah. Um, Jacob, let's go to you first. What kind of um, what kind of feedback you got? Um, I mean, considering I am uh, being your brother, I am assuming that uh, that Josh and I are fairly close to your target audience uh, towards you know the the opening statement of a big shirt with a comic book on the cover. Um, but uh, that notwithstanding, I just meant, uh, I meant like something that you know most of like nerd quote-unquote nerd fashion is like kind of loud that's kind of what i meant sure. by that but anyway yeah go ahead the it's it's definitely i mean 
Al talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where or whenever he talked to Josh, or whenever we were talking about Josh's video game idea, where he said if we put this on Kickstarter right now, it would get funded in under a week. Um, and that's the same thing with this one, um, especially because I mean you can um, you can look at like like Hot Topic or really any kind or Think Geek or GameStop or any any of the kind of the the clothing the clothing place, place where you can get clothing or websites or anything like that where they would have the kind of, you know, like fandom and genre based stuff. And it's either, it's either a, it's female and it can be, you know, and, and it could definitely be work, work appropriate. There's a bunch of her universe stuff that, that I could see people wearing and wearing to an office. Like you said, you know, yeah, as, as yeah. long as they kind of, as long as it was the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you contrast that with, with most of the guy stuff and the guy stuff is like you said loud um you know i mean it's you know and 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 there's i think there's definitely been kind of a comeback for some minimalism and and kind of the kind of the art world when when it comes to like fan art and stuff like that just from things i've seen on, on instagram and stuff like that and everything um so i think that even if you just had you know like I don't know, like 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 a silhouette of Thor's hammer, you know, or or, some, or something like that, you know, like on a shirt or or th- things like that, I, you know, a silhouette of like the the shield of Cap Shield or something like that, you know, it's something that even if it was on a T-shirt, it would not be not be so so kind of out there that you know it, it's something that, that you kind of have to know what it is to understand it. Um, I've I've me and Josh kind of share this one. We have a Captain America shirt that says on your left and it just has, you know, Steve's silhouette. You know, that's something that it doesn't say Captain America anywhere. It doesn't have the shield or anything like that. If you've seen the movie or and or you know the character, you can you can at least pick out, oh well, that's Captain America silhouette, you know, or you could or if you know the film, you know, line, you could be like, Oh, I know that that's from the movie. But it's not, you know, out there. Um no, I definitely, I definitely think it has, uh, definitely think it has merit. Um, I mean, and and I would be, I would absolutely be one of your, one of your uh, higher paying customers. I promise. Um, but well, it's Mrs. Ashley X Nine, and that's somebody I would definitely want to work with in like my perfect world. I absolutely love her, and I love her vision, and that's why I mentioned, you know, this is kind of already being done. But I just feel like there's more growth, like you know, for men and men's plus sizes. I feel like that's like a big focus. Like women are very body positive, which is awesome as they should be. But like, it seems like that doesn't, that men don't always get the same uh, type of um, feedback in that way. Um, Mm. And especially with their clothing options, you know? So I just feel like there's a lot more growth where that's um, concerned. And actually X-Line's like one of my favorite designers and actresses in general. So um, but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like interrupt questions, but yeah, I just wanted to no, put no, that in there. Not, not, not at all. Not, and honestly, that, that was something I was, got, I was going to ask about is like, would you, would you try to reach out to anyone in, in the fashion world, you know, whether they were someone who has already done something like this, like Ashley Eckstein or someone completely random, um, and try to see if they would want to like partner with you. That was actually one of my questions. Um, but but the other thing I was curious about is, do you have any idea kind of what uh, were there be certain genres that you were targeting at first? Like, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, her universe and, and now I think they've they kind of rebranded it to where it's our universe because they do men's stuff as well um, now. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of their kind of primary target is Star Wars. And then they've 
they've gradually they've gone out and they've done some Marvel stuff, some Disney stuff, and everything. Um, would there be a target genre that you were kind of looking for, or just kind of going kind of fandom like all inclusive in fandom and just doing kind of basically whatever you had the rights to do, pretty much? Uh, I would like to do all inclusive. I also think it would be cool to have um, the site uh, basically work on project based on what. Um, the consumer was looking for at the time so you'd have like polls and stuff and people would send in you know their ideas and that way you can kind of make stuff based on you know it'd be like literally a fandom you know um brand you know it'd be you know fan focused but also like you know um with more um adult like uh fashion ideas um so i think that'd be really cool to do um yeah Awesome. Uh, I, I, I fully support it. Nice, yeah. Um, Joshua, how about you, bud? What you got? Uh, as a quick aside, <laughs> can I, am I the only one that thought this, this idea was going to like start off, or it seemed like it was going to be way darker than it actually became, because like it literally starts off as like this revenge story, and then like swerves into fashion? Well, no, let me... I, let me explain that a little bit better. I feel bad for those girls. I don't think have... you need to no, no. Listen, better. I really, I really do though, because that means that they spent, you know, ten plus years wanting to be involved in like Pokemon Go, but they didn't feel okay about it until it became popular. And I feel like, or Pokemon in general. And then like when Pokemon Go became popular, they were like, oh, okay, I guess we'll download this since everybody else is doing it. And I feel bad for people like that. So that's kind of why. Um, to make stuff more, you know, uh, visually appealing to the people that seem to think, you know, it's you, you, there's an age limit on fandom. You know, I think that's kind of, that was my main focus and I'm sorry if I didn't get that across, but yeah. Well, what, what, what I was really hoping as you were saying this <laughs> is that you wanted to start a company that would like find pe that would find people that are previously either A, not taking your fandom seriously, or B, made fun of you for it. And then you would go find those people as they were enjoying those fandoms, and then you would walk up, say something smug, and then somebody in the background would hold up a a uh, like a, 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 a boom box that plays Don't You Forget About Me while you walk away into the background. That's well, what that's I was hoping your idea was. Um, um, and, and so, Real quick, like, I... I, I, I I think you should go with that idea too. Exactly. Like, you know, because yeah. like, when you said, and then I saw them later and they were playing Pokemon Go, I was like, this is going to swerve into something really, really interesting. And I'm all <laughs> bored. Okay. Uh, but then you went more practical and that's fine, I guess. Okay. Uh, but but I, I love the, uh, I, I do, I do love the practical idea here. Um, uh, why not both though like what if like <laughs> what, what what if what they were doing was they were wearing the clothes she was designing and then you basically you have you have like this like really kind you know of like nerdy about? version of pretty women basically you know just yeah. like that, what, yeah you know. you're back in the day you made fun of me mistake huge <laughs> yeah okay all right that's fair that's fair um but no i uh no i'm, I'm sorry i just had to say that because I, I was having this I, I was i was literally on the edge of my seat trying to figure out where you were going with this <laughs> Because because when you when you when you listen to this back if you ever do, when this story starts it does not seem like it's going dead with. So I started a fashion company, you know. Um, that's not you know, that's not really how it seems to me. Any, but anyway, anyway, uh, regardless, 
The uh, the idea is great. Uh, I actually disagree with you on one thing when you said it's being done quite a bit or whatever. It's really not as much as you think it is, and I think you would know that as much as anybody. I think you're being a little uh, a little um, humble there um, because it really is. And I, I, and the reason I know this is because there have been so many times where, uh, particularly, you're right for men, where like I would go on the hot topic, and hot topic does have. I mean, I'm not going to say high-end because it's hot topic, so it's not really high-end stuff. But, I mean, like, nice, nicer nerd clothes based on, like, Harley Quinn and Black Widow and, you know, other... Really just a lot of Harley Quinn, let's be honest, or some, mm. you know, most some Poison Ivy sprinkled in there. Um, but, like, but like nicer, you know, fandom nerd clothes. But they never have any guy stuff, nicer guy stuff. You're right, the guy stuff is typically a T-shirt, you know, and, um, and, and I mean, I've, I think I've even told you before, like if there was like a, you know, a nice, you know, uh, dress shirt, button down dress shirt that like had the, the Batman symbol, like on the breast or something like, I mean, I would be, I'd probably wear that like six days a week, you know, something exactly. like that would be really high on, but seriously, like, I mean, it'd be really high on my, um, on, on my list of like, you know, like, or, or on my, on, on what I would like want to present because so in particular with like, you know, like, uh, you know, like with, with me, you know, preaching and stuff, um, there isn't anything, there isn't any way for me to come across as a, a fan of nerd stuff, um, you know, other than a tie and more wacky ties. And, yeah, I, I knew Jake was ready for me to say that. And man, I mean, that just wacky ties are not a good look for anybody. If you're wearing a wacky tie, look, man, I love you, you know, and and everything. And I and you know, you might have some really cool designs on it, but just no, okay, it's just, it's just not a good thing for anyone. Um, it might be the only fashion thing me and Jenny agree on. Uh, that the wacky tie is not a good thing for anybody. I have a lightsaber one that looks good. My statement stands. Yeah. What that that goes back to what I'm saying about, you know, it being very loud and, you know, um, for lack of a better word, it comes off very kitty. You know, you can do nerdy ties and stuff in a very like, you know, classic way, you know, I think, especially like, I feel like we're wasting the artist, you know, the comic book artist, you know, they have so many great drawings and like ideas and I just, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I interrupted again. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, you're probably you're probably correct, but I mean, like, it's just there. There's not a whole lot of ways for uh, for a guy to represent uh, a fandom or to present themselves as someone who really likes this type of fandom uh, without looking ridiculous, you know. And I mean, and 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 to an extent, that's okay. But like in in professional settings. In settings where you have to talk or you have to get up and give a, you know, give a speech or whatever, which is, you know, getting ready to be, you know, I mean, professional settings and settings where you have to talk is, is you know, moving forward going to be 50% of the workforce. So, or maybe more. So, like, the, the general concept of, you know, like, what you have to do uh, when you go into these settings to maintain a certain dress code, that's just not there for guys. It really isn't. Um, and so, no, I think the idea is great. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think with Jake, uh, you know, Jake's statement where he was asking, like, what type of genre you would do, um, I think that's the, I think that's the real question. 
Um, the only hardship is, you know, getting these licenses and then figuring out what kind of licenses you do want to do. Um, because I think, uh, particularly at the beginning, I think that's one of Ashley Eckstein, or is it Asher or Hannah? Asher. Ashley Eckstein's, one of her uh, uh, genius moves is that she started off really focused and has broadened. And I think that's that's really helped her out. Um, so, but yeah, no, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely all in on it. I think, I think it's a fantastic idea and there's, there's really not that much out there. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, when you were talking about it, um, it kind of reminded me of, um, an experience I had, um, especially talking about like, um, the more, dressier kind of clothes and things like that um i was at um i was at um an academic conference for psychology and um this was last year and um i was at the conference and like um i'm very like 90 percent of the time i am very like jeans and like a t-shirt kind of person um like y'all have been talking about my t-shirt would probably have like black panther on it or spider-man on it or like a star wars thing on it um but like of course at like an academic conference you have to dress up and and seem professional and stuff um but you know um i wanted to add in like the things i care about because that's what that's what fandom is all about is having things you love and things you care about so um so I allowed myself one item, and at the conference, I wore um, this pair of socks that my roommate had gotten me as a gift. And on uh, the socks is a is like an image of the sun from um, the Sun Guild um, in Dark Souls. And it's like a very small thing. Obviously, I'm wearing pants at this academic conference. Um, it wasn't that kind of conference. Um, and so like you couldn't, couldn't even see the socks or anything. But, like, I knew they were there, and, like, it made me happy. Um, but, like, throughout the conference and stuff, I would be talking to people and networking and stuff, and, and we'd be talking about, you know, the very emulating topics of, of industrial psych and, and skills assessment and stuff like that. And, like, you know, just just <laughs> it was all I could do to, to not just be like, ah, oh, yes, of course, I did read that article. I'm wearing Dark Souls socks. Because Dark Souls is really cool. Can I talk to you about it? Um, but I also compare that experience I had to um, back um, again last year, um, about this time actually. Um, I was working at a hospital, and throughout the day, I would talk to like various doctors and um, hospital admin and things like that. I was doing an internship at the time. Um, so again, very professional capacity or professional environment. Um, around the time when Endgame was coming out, um, that's what everyone was talking about. Like everywhere I went, even among like the big hotshot like doctors and hospital admins and people who make more than I can ever imagine having. Um, you know, every time I talked to them, it would come up organically in conversation. Hey, are you watching Avengers? Um, this weekend or hey are like you caught up on in-game stuff and and things like that so it's it's a really i think this kind of idea it reaches to that kind of i don't think tension is the right word 
But that kind of situation of these are things that a lot of people care about. And mm-hmm. like it's it feels weird. It feels like you're being immature in some way if you're if you're like quote unquote like too excited about something. Right. Um, and so like all that to say, um, I would be like on that Etsy shop or like the store website, like every day trying to find things that would like showcase the things I love in like a more like subtle understated way. Because the main thing that the main thing that, that sticks out to me about this idea is like the conversations and the avenues it would open up in like a professional setting and stuff. Because like suddenly now you're able to like convey just like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a professional. I know what I'm talking about. Also, I'm into this like really dope thing. And like, I can like express that interest in a way that like invites other people who are interested in it to talk to me about it without like running the risk of like a professional image or like being considered like that guy at the conference who's really like zany and will talk your ear off about the fact he has Dark Souls stuff on his um, you know that kind of thing but um yeah dude I love that idea I think it's great um especially yeah especially for like the professional context because I'm gonna let everyone in on a big secret academics are are giant nerds like every single one of us are <laughs> are super big nerds into <laughs> something because like if you're pas- if you're passionate enough to follow a subject into academia you are passionate enough to be a nerd about something like that's just <laughs> that's just that's just how the human brain works um but no i love that idea you know i can wear a bit more than my socks that have the sun on them and not be not be a big super weirdo (laughs) i've got got the sun on my socks that's that's from a video game (laughs) yeah but um yeah i think that's a great idea um so yeah that is our episode of shark tank that was that was great that was a lot of um, diversity and ideas and some good some good topics f- for discussion that was great jenny thank you yeah no problem i enjoyed it yeah uh and of course uh, joshua and jacob thank you as well for for offering commentary and questions and all kinds of um takes as well about these ideas um it's been a blast guys yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, Jenny, I think uh, I think I think they were all great ideas, in particular that last one. Uh, I mean, it's it's yeah, uh, that that last one. I'm I might actually be really upset if uh, you or someone else soon doesn't do that. Uh, yeah, it, it'll it'll make it'll make my life a little more difficult, particularly when I'm just having to wear Batman shirts everywhere. <laughs> uh, s- definitely uh, same here. Um, and, and one of the things I do, I do want to say at, at this at the end, you know it. Your your last idea follows perfectly with you know the concept of fandom is for everyone you know which is our which is our motto here and you know obviously there's there's never you know if if you're with us obviously you know there's no issue with you wearing a superhero t shirt or anything like that we will 
never have any issues with that. But of course, just like Al said, you know, academics, you know, people in professional settings, you know, everything. So I think it's, you know, fandom is for everyone, you know, fandom is for everyone in all different walks of life. And I think that that idea definitely just solidifies that. So no, I, yeah, just that. that uh, and honestly, I, I personally, I, I hope we can get, we can get the ball rolling on that for you. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Or, or trying to do something on it on it for sure for sure um all right y'all that is all for tonight um as i say every time um thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for listening um, to us talk about the things we love and things we're passionate about um it's always a pleasure to um, have your support and have you all as 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 people would take out the time to hear us talk to engage with us um speaking of engaging with us again um if you guys have have really dope stuff you love and have ideas for things that you care about um please reach out to us um add us on twitter um um, comment on facebook you know our other social media things we have instagram i don't think we have a tiktok i don't know anything about tiktok it scares me but um anything we haven't we haven't moved to tiktok yet um what would our tiktok look like what would that even be <laughs> me and you trying to dance which honestly a second thought maybe we do need to do hey, tiktok hey, stay tuned if you're listening to this we're, we're on that one anyway sorry so um, so yeah um if y'all have anything you want to share with us as well, please reach out. We would love to hear about it um, because this is what we do. We talk to each other about hype stuff we love. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll love to see. Uh, but for now, thank you all very much. Um, as Jacob said, Phantom is for everyone. And we will see you all on the next episode of Shark Tank. We got one more to do, and it'll be what? me. And oh boy, I wonder if Spider-Man's going to come up. Woohoo! <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank y'all very much. Bye.